that guy ain't shit. Sorry ass motherfucker got nothing on me, right? Nothing. Where the stars of this piece of shit? I am Big Kev. Why do they call you Big Kev? Ooh. I am OG. Oh look, he's got a billion toys. And I am PK. I don't do magic, Morty. I do science. One takes brains, the other takes dark eyeliner. I say we stay here and fight it out. OG's not actually racist against many people. There is no racial bigotry here. Here you are all equally worthless. I'm not really angry all the time. This is Kevin destroying the Toy Biz Legends box set. Fucking garbage! Why? Why? You know how I know that you're gay? How? Because you're gay and you can tell who other gay people are. I know it's fun. You're like, hey, I found buttons. Let's push them to piss me off. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. Big Kev's Geek Stuff dot com. You fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? I'll fucking take all you want! This song is just associated with so much more awesomeness. Okay. So, so this song has like specific association for you. Yes, I remember seeing the movie in the the Union Theater, right in Union, New Jersey. Right, right. Uh, with my dad and my brother in '92. Okay, '90. I don't remember when the first movie came out, and uh, yeah, I remember just being thrilled when uh, when the MC Hammer song came on. All right, fair enough. Right, Instagram. Of course. Instagram is going to bother me all night tonight. It's just going to happen. It is. You, it's, it's just, I just have to not look at it and then I'll be okay. Your initials today are OCD. That's it. It is OCD. It happens every once in a while. I get like that. All right. Um, in case you haven't noticed, Big Kev is not with us right now. Well, I noticed. Uh, well, you noticed. Um, Big Kev is, I'm assuming, in Chicago right now. Oh, good for him. For Star Wars Celebration. I'm sure he just hates the fact that's that's happening. Yeah, I'm sure that he would much rather be here doing this than be at Star Wars Celebration. Trying to fix Skype right now. Yeah, right, exactly. Crapping out yeah. for absolutely no damn reason. With a random rooster, you know, crowing in the background. We need to name the rooster. We need to name the rooster. All right, we'll come up with a name. We have I'd to like to call him dinner, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> nuggets. Nuggets, there you go. Oh, <laughs> Nuggets the rooster. And done. <laughs> Named. <laughs> Thank you. We Mr. should rename Nixa. the episode Nuggets. <laughs> I, we might. You know what? This in in honor of the rooster. <laughs> this is episode five hundred and thirty-five of this beautiful show we call Big Kev's Geek Stuff. We're calling this one Nuggets. <laughs> I can't wait for Kev. That's it. I hear this so far. That that's that's the episode We're name. Like a for minute tonight, into the so. show, it's off the rails. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's that's how we do. Excuse me, I got to update the prep sheet right now to Nuggets. To, to Nuggets, yeah. Um, I also noticed that the episode number is way off. That's my fault. Um, no, that's me. But um, so here we are. We are here to do a show this week for you. We will not have a show next week. This is true. Next week, no show. There might be content next week. No, there will be. I'll. Uh, You'll record I'll, something. I'll do the thing that okay. we talked about. Behind um, the Coke Logic, I think, will do a thing. So we'll have something, and I'll record it. You know, I'll record a couple of ins and outs. We'll do a thing. So we'll we'll, we'll piecemeal together a thing. It'll be something. It'll be something. Yeah. Something different, but something nonetheless. So, yeah. So, we're doing a show tonight. Yeah. Big Kev is at Celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we and have some product to talk about. We have some- uh, we got lots of stuff to talk about. Movies to talk about. We got some product to talk about. Yeah. I think we should just dive right into it. Okay. Are you opposed to diving right into it? Well, what else are we going to do? I, well, we, we could actually kind of kick off with this first thing on the prep sheet because it ties into you personally. Okay. Insofar as you had the opportunity to go see a movie. I did. Um, it was between Shazam mm-hmm. and Us. Correct. Right. And you chose Us. I did. 
And how do you feel about that decision? I feel like it's going to be the unpopular uh, <laughs> thing to say, but uh, pretty much figured since us was out uh, at, what, at least a week longer than Shazam. At least a week. I figured, oh, what the hell, go see that with my girlfriend. And uh, didn't didn't care for it. I didn't care for it too much, and I know that is definitely the unpopular opinion. It's not a bad movie. Okay. It's just... Oh, how the hell do I say this? It was definitely a kind of like a Stanley Kubrick kind of movie. All right. Where there was a lot of thought that went into it. Nothing that you saw was coincidental. Like every, it felt like everything that was placed even a certain way was deliberate. Okay. Um, from beginning to end, uh, I wouldn't call this a horror movie. Okay. I would call this suspense, psychological thriller with. Trying to think, I had to say it without kind of spoiling it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Um, we'll call it a a sprinkle of horror. Okay, so almost like the original Cape Fear, or it's, not the original Cape Fear. I guess the remake of Cape yeah, whatever. Fear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the way I would put it. And the thing is that, and from other people I talked to about this, that there isn't like this one underlying takeaway from the film, okay. like a uh, kind of point that they were trying to prove or anything like that. Um, there's people grabs different aspects of it. So my takeaway from the film, uh, I didn't kind of, I don't want to call it a political message by any stretch. I feel like that might be too harsh, but I didn't agree with what I felt about the movie, what they were trying to get away with. Okay. Uh, I thought there were a lot of interesting aspects of it, but it was one of those things where we're trying to be clever. I thought the writing didn't really connect, but meanwhile, I know other people who saw it too. One person I know saw it three times. And they were just hailing this film as, you know, as the best thing ever. Yes. Which is cool because, you know, if that works for them in that way, it's just, I think the way it was built, the way my expectations going into it, um, just wasn't my thing. All right. Fair enough. Um, I would not see it again. I would not get the DVD or the (laughs) Blu-ray or anything like that. One and done. It's one of those things where... uh, Unless I became like a college professor, I would actually, you know, talk to people about this to, to bring it over, like bring it up with like other film students, maybe to kind of dissect it. Right, right. Um, but just didn't do it for me. Okay, which is a little upsetting. All right. Well, that ties into the the first bit of news here because we heard that uh, Shazam is getting a sequel. Yes. So, um, uh, it's got a sequel. The original writing writers are coming back. I heard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not surprised by any of this. It's being lauded pretty unanimously, I think. I mean, I, I know people who also saw Shazam, and they rave, they just said it was a good, fun movie. I very highly enjoyable. Fun. I keep on hearing family friendly. I keep on hearing uh, lighthearted. Mm-hmm. I keep on hearing just just entertaining and enjoyable. And it brought in was over fifty million dollars at the box office. This weekend, and I thought it was really surprising. Um, looking at just the box office from Monday, right? Um, it still brought in three million dollars, which I thought that was kind of impressive because we had some really nice weather here. Yeah, in the area yesterday, and people decided. Obviously, we're just I'm just talking about Northeast right now, um, but people went to still go see the movie. Yeah, which I thought was kind of impressive. This fact that they chose Shazam over <laughs> the first real nice day of spring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, look, you can't. You can't dis you can't discount where we are because you know it's a major market. We're in New York, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's a major East Coast market. Mm-hmm. And so that three million obviously is is largely affected by our market. Absolutely. Um Yeah, no, that's great. Look, I'm I'm happy that it's doing successful. I want it to continue to do amazing because yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's one that I I haven't seen it yet. I haven't had a chance. I want to see it this weekend. But I suspect I will see it, and I suspect I will like it. So, um, so and, I yeah. want, and we want DC to do good. We want to see good movies coming out of DC. Of course. No, no matter what others are saying. But. No, right. I, I don't want to see bad movies. Some people think that I just want to see DC. Me personally, they think that I want to see DC movies fail. Like, I have this hard-on for DC movies. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. I just want DC to put out Good movies yeah, that do well. Yeah. That's it. I was even talking with a buddy of mine who's, who thinks all the DC movies are great. Right. Which, it's fine if you enjoy them, but... Shh. In, exactly. Sure. But my but my takeaway is I always felt that DC movies need to do... Like, Marvel even wants DC movies to do good. 
because you don't want to dilute that superhero brand right. kind of across the board right. for, the, for the general fan. You don't want them to get burnt out. Right. So I can, I can understand why they want to have that quality in there. Obviously, they don't want them to do too good because that's a whole other company. Right. But, um, yeah. But who knows? You know, in, in 10 or 15 years, just Disney might buy them too. <laughs> that's that's quite possible quite possible disney is just a steamroller with everyone kind of waiting to see the next move disney makes anyways exactly which actually we should be hearing uh pretty soon about disney plus i honestly think i honestly think that a lot of the disney plus stuff that's going on is partially hinged on star wars and star wars related content I wouldn't be surprised. And with celebration going on this weekend, I would not be surprised that either sometime during celebration mm-hmm. as a tie-in to like Mandalorian news or something along those lines, we get some definitive Disney Plus information. Well, I know Disney's holding their investor day. Uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, Thursday. Oh, okay. Thursday. So by the end of this week, we'll know, you know, actual concrete details of what's going right. on. But that so, but again, that that coincides with celebration as well. There so you it's go. all sort of looped together. Oh yeah. So yeah, I would think by next week, um, or by the end of this week, we'll have a, a pretty firm idea. Yeah. Um, not to jump ahead, but we're going to jump ahead since we brought up Disney Plus. Yeah, um, a little bit further down in the prep sheet, it looks like uh, Monsters Inc. is getting a show specifically for uh, the Disney Plus service. I think it's. Oh, called, I did not see you uh, put that in there. Yeah, I threw it on here. Where is it? Monsters at Work. Monsters at Work. There you go. So, yeah. So, that is coming um, to the Disney Plus service as well. I actually like the Monsters, Inc. I love movies. Monsters, Inc. I didn't see the second one. It was cute. Just coincidental. I just didn't say it. The, and the second one was like a prequel. Yes. But it worked. And I like the kind of universe that they've created with Monsters, Inc. Yeah. So, um I, look, if they can get, you know, if they can get Goodman and, uh, and what's his name back? Uh, Crystal. Uh, Billy Crystal to do those voices. I don't know if they're going to get them, but if they can, that'd be amazing. Does the article say if they're on board? Uh, it just says that, uh, no, it says they will reprise their roles as Sully and Mike Wazowski for the new streaming series. Oh, that's fantastic. Because that would obviously be great. they make it. You yeah. Know, the, I mean. No, absolutely. Um. No, that's great news. That makes me very excited. So yeah, so monsters, uh, monsters Inc., monsters at work. Yeah, monsters up. Inc. and I would say Wally are probably my two f- personal favorite ones from Pixar. Yeah, Wally's a good one. I like Bugs Life. It, I like a bu- I like a bunch of them. It's, it's kind of like how do you want your your free million dollars? You want it in twenties or fifties? Like you're it's right, still, exactly. It's, you're still getting good qualities. Like either way, yeah. you win. Yeah, you win. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, was this past weekend? It was, <clears throat> not far from here. I don't, I don't care very much about WrestleMania. No, but it was. I, how was your social media feed this weekend? Did you notice? Because so, um, when WrestleMania was happening, which was what Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, night, Sunday, Sunday night. While WrestleMania was happening, I happened to be streaming on Twitch at the same time. Okay, and what, what was um, that channel again? Uh, Twitch.tv backslash GeekStuffOG. If you want to check thought. it out. Um, so I happened to be streaming, um, while it was happening. Okay. And a couple of the people in my stream were watching my stream and WrestleMania at the same time. So I was getting like, I was getting feedback. I was asking for it. Okay. And I was getting feedback. Um, and those people seemed very excited for it. I don't care. I know people who were, I know several people who were there. Yeah. There's fans and who are working in media or working for WWE and everybody raved about it. Yeah, it seemed like which it was is great, a good event. which is cool. I'm I'm happy that those that fan base has something to look forward to, mm-hmm. and I'm happy that our area gets to experience it. And I mean, just there was all the the shows, the pre, you know the pre shows going into it all weekend. There was the Bret Hart thing, the obviously. Hart that was thing. at what Barclays Center, I think. Yeah, he got tackled on stage by during his Hall of Fame uh, induction induction speech. speech yeah. Um, by a fan. Yeah, but uh, was, but she's fine. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of like the only... I don't know about the fan, though. Oh, he, 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 is, he screwed up. He screwed for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but And uh, Hulk Hogan screwed up a bunch of times when he was on the mic. There's no shock there. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, everyone just raved about WWE. They made uh, just shy of $17 million at the event. And uh, 
I mean, it's amazing the fact that this 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 company that in the '80s it was just one of many. Yeah, is just, it's just so dominant and is continuing to expand uh, the way it is. I thought one of the one of the most interesting things, and I'm not mad about it at all, but it was nice to see it start to move in that direction for for the main event. And I might be wrong on this because I don't follow it regularly, but mm-hmm. it seems like the the female superstars got a lot of bump during this WrestleMania too. Some of the most exciting matches that I heard people talking about uh-huh. were the uh, were the women's matches. So they, well, I think it was the closing that was like the last one with like the women's championship. Yeah. Again, I don't know anything about wrestling. I'm just yeah. I'm hearing everything. I know second there's a rumble. Hand. I think that. Took place right before the pay per view started. Yeah, um, and Dave Bautista retired after his match. Yeah, which makes sense because yeah, he's because he now. wants to make monies. He's an actor. He's actor. He's serious actor. So yeah, but which, again, by, the, which by the way, do you know that WWE publicly traded company? Mm-hmm. Uh, A lot of people don't know that. I don't think I did know that. When did they go public? A while, were... while ago. Oh, it was a while. And ago. ticker symbols WWE, which not many people would guess. I was gonna say, yeah, who, who knew? <laughs> who knew? Well, it was all, it was, I, you know, I blame that pesky panda. That son of a bitch. That, that, that forced him. I always found the, I always thought it was funny. The fact that the WWE, this tough guy image. Yeah. Company lost to the panda. Lost to a panda. Lost to a panda. Aw, little panda eating bamboo. Poor little guy. Just, just, just beating up. And, and that was, that was back in the day. So it was beating up probably Hogan and. Austin, maybe. Maybe Austin. Yeah, Yeah. I think it was like late nineties when that happened. Yeah. No, it might've been. Oh, it might have been, yeah. Somewhere yeah, say mid there. to late nineties. Ah, little pans up memories. Um, what do you got? What's next? Avengers Endgame. Yeah, that's it's, gonna be a thing. It ended up selling out twice as many advanced tickets as Aquaman, Last Jedi, uh, Infinity War, and Captain Marvel combined. Yeah, this thing is gonna make a shit that, ton of that's, money. That's pretty fucking impressive. Um, as a personal update, um, I did finally get my tickets. And how'd you go about them? Uh, well, I ended up getting them on a th- for the Thursday night. Okay. Um, I just waited patiently for my theater to add more screens. Okay. <laughs> Simple. Took about a week. Went back and checked. So, oh, look, a whole bunch of new screens. So you did not spend like five or $10,000 a ticket. Look, any asshole that spends anything more than cover price. I'll give you the $1.50 surcharge. Surcharge. Maybe two fifty. I might even go as far as to say, if you spent like fifty bucks, maybe like maybe right. you wanted to double it because you really wanted to see it up in like, IMAX. I still think you're an idiot, but uh, but like you're an idiot with good intentions. But if you spent like a thousand plus dollars on eBay, I think people were. I, I'm hoping this is the case. I'm hoping people just for comedic value yeah. bid on it and they're not planning on paying so um i never well, support that but i hope that's the case i hope that's the case too. uh local trivia for you okay one of those uh pairs of tickets that went for several thousand dollars uh-huh. was for the theater right here in this town no kidding yeah that's insane that's insane because <laughs> first of all what kind of money do your neighbors have yeah, well livingston short hills these are all close yeah that's, all close yeah, to yeah, us yeah they got some, they yeah, got some madison cash. They got some cash. They got the cash. I think they all print. I think those people print cash in their basement. So yeah, you, they check your ID before you actually go into the town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Imagine how much money. What do you think that movie's going to make opening weekend? Uh I have no idea. I have it. It's got to bring in I, with those kind of numbers. It's got to bring in what three, four hundred million dollars opening weekend. Half a half a billion opening weekend. Well, I was. I would say if it comes in at two hundred million, that's way undershooting it. Yeah, that's what that's, I mean. That's what so, I'm thinking. So I'm I'm thinking it's got to be three plus. I think it's easily going to be for just domestic. Yeah, I would say worldwide it's going to make half a billion. Okay, I mean assuming assuming all the big markets are are ready to go with it at the same time. Here you go, Aquaman hauled in sixty almost sixty eight million. Last Jedi took in two hundred and twenty million. Infinity War was two hundred and fifty seven (laughs) million. Captain Marvel was one hundred and fifty three million. Um. Endgame brought in six hundred seventy-eight million domestically. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, those are the opening weekend numbers. So, I mean, if you just kind of look at those and add those up, <laughs> I mean, you're looking at four or five. I mean, you're looking at half a billion dollars. Damn, and that's just maybe the pre and that's pre-sale, right? Well, it's saying that they it, so the, for any as many for advanced tickets. Advanced tickets, it sold out, but you have to assume 
you have to assume that a good number of these theaters are sold out because yes. that's the case, right? Yes. People were having a hard time getting tickets. So you have to assume that the pre-sale tickets for opening weekend are fairly accurate mm-hmm. or are at least a baseline yeah. for... Which also means mm-hmm. the second weekend, because for, right. for anyone who got kind of got screwed over, it's, I mean, there's probably going to be a drop-off, but it's still going to be ridiculously strong. It's going to be ridiculously strong. My biggest, my biggest concern with this, I really want to see this as fast as possible, because yeah. I don't want the internet to, to, to ruin it. Because you know there's going to be that, that article, of course. or it'll there's be, that person making... It'll be Friday morning. Exactly. It'll be on Nerdist... And EW and and every everywhere else. it'll be. I mean, I'm really hoping it doesn't happen Thursday afternoon, because oh, that'd be terrible. Because there, I think there are some theaters. I think that it's have six like, p.m. On, is it six p.m.? I want. I, I mean, I know it's in the, in New York. Okay, I don't know if there's earlier because I know historically speaking, there have been some there have been some movies that have come out at like three, just because that. You know, because of the push. Yeah, let me just see really quickly. In the seats. Yeah, I'm seeing just some of the AMC's in New York. I'm seeing anywhere between six to seven p.m. Okay. Um, as late as two thirty a.m. I mean, I'm not. I'm not surprised by that. Are you surprised yeah, by crazy. that? No, no, no. God, no. Uh, Kevin Feige uh, has a couple things to say about the future of the MCU. He is. He says that the future films will be unlike anything else the studio has produced, um, which is interesting. (laughs) Um, We already know that The Eternals is a film that's coming out. Obviously, Spider-Man. Right. Spider-Man. I think it's safe to say they're going to do a Black Panther 2. Black Panther 2. But I mean, but The Eternals is the first film that is coming out new. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the first non-sequel that we've heard. Oh, that and Black Widow. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Right, that and Black Widow. So, um, I'm I'm interested to see how those are so. But, drastically but Black Widow different. hasn't wasn't officially. It's just, right? No, Black Widow has a is has official a official. Date. Okay, oh, yeah, I wasn't sure if that was official. It's official. got it's got casting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you look it up, I don't think it's on the prep sheet, but there were two casting announcements this past week for Black Widow. It was um, David Harbor was cast. Uh, and somebody else. Um, I can't think who it was. Joe Blow. I don't know. David oh, Harbor. and Shang-Chi has yes. also been uh, revealed, I think, too. Okay. Um, but no, it was someone other than David Harbour was just confirmed for Black Widow. And I can't think of who it is now. It's going to drive me nuts. Uh, let's find out during the break, maybe? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll look it up. Um, actually, I'll I'll look it up because I know where to look. Why don't you move into that X Men uh, bit there? Uh, yes. Uh, so turns out that is much hope, which I feel like this isn't too much of a surprise. Um, that Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey, the rest of the X Men uh, will not be in the cinematic universe anytime soon. Um, it turns out that they pretty much have, which I think that, again this kind of goes without saying. Kevin Feige was saying that. They have a certain amount of years blocked off with the goal of the Marvel Universe, sure. which totally makes sense, and that it just didn't fit into their schedule, into the plans right away. Um, again, because we were all hoping for Fantastic Four. I think that's what we all rather see. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind just seeing if there's one more Deadpool movie, just right. to kind of wrap that up a bit. Um, and I feel like it would be kind of nice having some more time after the Logan movie. Before they do all the recasting um, from there, and especially after the uh, the uh, Dark Phoenix movie, right, right, is finally out, um, you know, just kind of just kind of put that to the side, put it to the back burner for a while before deciding what to do. I've been saying that for a while that if X Men are going to happen, it's going to be way down the line. It, which which feels right. Don't there's of no course. need to force it. Yeah, let it let it breathe uh, to the fact that fans want to see it again. Absolutely, fans want to see a good. Uh, Fantastic Four movie. 100%. Um, so David Harbour was confirmed. Filming begins in June. Okay. Um, it looks like Rachel Wise has been teased as well, but I don't know if she's actually been confirmed. I think that was the other name that I was thinking. Okay. So, yeah. So Black Widow is definitely, definitely, definitely happening. So right, I'm, cool. I'm okay with that. I, I don't. I mean, I don't mind them just switching out the, the route of the MCU at the same time. And there's still going to be like some wacky, fun... Right, going on in it, but I think that it allows with the way the last Avengers movie at least 
that allows guardian or guardians to be a little a little darker. Sure. A little, or grittier, however you want to phrase it. Um and there's just again, there's just tons of other characters that they have to play with. And, there's so and, and, many characters to play with. And let's not forget box. the Netflix Marvel universe. Those characters aren't gonna be available for a few years. Right. So then they can incorporate them in some capacity. Yeah. Assuming I'm, they don't do anything on their Disney Plus platform. Right. Um look, whatever they do, I feel like they've earned my trust. They haven't earned yes. my blind loyalty, right? If they put out a stinker, I'll say it's a stinker. But they've at least earned my trust. Yeah. Where I, you know, I have faith in... I mean, the only recent time is when they did the Ant-Man movie. Like, why are we going to go down this route? But I liked Ant-Man. But it was fun. It was, I was going to say, it was, it was a was fun great. movie. We all thought, we all were, well, it's weird because logically in my head, I was like, all right, well, we need Hank Pym. So I get it. Yeah. And then we didn't really get Hank Pym. And we were like, huh. <laughs> but there's enough scientists in. Right. So we're good. So, uh, no, I'm, look, I, I love Damn Man. Um, I've loved everything they've put out so far. So I, I, I give them my faith. No, I agree. I totally I agree. I give them my faith. Um, let's see. Disney has registered Star Wars inspired <laughs> alcoholic beverages. This is like the only kind of Star Wars story I'd like to participate in, um, just so you're aware. So Lucasfilm has filed a trademark uh, for nine adult beverages. <laughs> um, the drinks are likely to be served at the previously announced Ogus Cantina, found at the Disneyland and Disney World Resort in the Galaxy Edge theme parks. Um, we don't know what's in the drinks yet, right? Uh, <laughs> I do not think so. But, but I think, we know the names of the drinks. I think we could kind of take a good guess, though, based on... So we have a we have a white wampa, mm -hmm. which I'm thinking might be like a white Russian. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, uh, El Gamorian, which I'm assuming is going to be some sort of crappy beer. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe like a sour beer or an IPA. Is there a local brewery near Disney? You think? I'm sure there is. Or they have to have a corporate deal. What am I saying? They have yeah, to have a corporate right. deal with Budweiser and Miller um, or something like that. Ale Gold Squadron Lager, so that's probably going to be like a pale ale or something, mm -hmm. right? Makes sense. Um, uh, Transdotion Ale, mm -hmm. that'll be, uh, I don't know, that'll be more like uh, maybe like a yingling, a little bit. Yeah, know, makes sense. Somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, Tonere Wine, uh, Andoian White Wine, well, that makes sense. That's your red and your white. Uh, a Spice Runner Hard Cider. I get that. Mm -hmm. uh, Carillion red wine. That'll be your Merlot, I'm sure. And your Imperial Guard wine. I'm sure they'll add a rosé between yeah. now and then as well. Yeah. Um, I can so, see people getting a few flights, though. The only thing I don't see on here that I feel should be... I feel like there should be some sort of stout represented in there. And hmm. none of those strike me as a stout. I wouldn't Unless be, the white but this could also this out. could just be just to kind of get everything started. Yeah, yeah. And then they they roll out everything based on oh, of course feedback because now everyone's a you know craft beer guru or right, wine right. connoisseur. So I wouldn't be surprised after one full year of the park, uh, they get some new suggestions or new rollouts. You, it's it's entirely it's it's entirely possible. All I know is I want to drink all the things. I can just see you there with a the flight of everything, just yeah. kind of yeah. I want to I want to dress up as Salacious Crumb, uh, which you don't probably understand the reference. No. Um, and I just want to drink. I just want to drink all the drinks. Salacious Crumb is the little cackling monkey guy from Return of the Jedi. Nothing. Sure. Nothing. No. Right. I'm talking to myself. It's all right. Totally okay. Instagram's gonna say something soon. Don't worry. I'm sure. Uh, well, Farmer Dave, our, our 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 friend from down under, is is a is a beer connoisseur. Yeah, okay. So uh, Dave and I talk about all sorts of beer and alcohol, and figuring out how to uh, transport between our fine two countries to uh, to try to share alcohol. It's it's tricky because that's interesting. You're not supposed to do that. So, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. Okay. Um, all right. AMC's Preacher has a confirmed ending with season four. Now this is something that. I love Preacher, by the way. I love Preacher, too. I thought it was great. When did it come out? 90? 89? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. It was Vertigo. Yes, definitely So it Vertigo. had to be early 90s, I would think. I love I think it was 70, 80, some. No. Less issues than that, I think, actually. Uh, anyway, um, great comic. Uh, great storylines. Uh, some great toys and products that have come out on it. 
I remember loving, I don't say I would have loved, but season one was really good. Right. I started watching season two, I think maybe one, maybe two episodes, and that was it. Yeah. This is just one of those things where it's like, it's my, like, I know it's my fault, kind of. Oh, absolutely. Because it's such a, it was a good show. And I, the thing that I like about this is, I think they're going to go out, by the sound of it, they're going to go out where they don't have to create a ton of new content. Yes. And they can wrap up the story concisely in the way they want. Because that's a, and that's a hard show to that adapt. That is a hard show a to damn adapt. damn hard show to adapt. And they've done a really good job so far. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not upset by the fact. I mean, a lot of people are upset by the fact that it's ending. But I look at it as, well, it'll probably end on top rather mm-hmm. than being dragged out to the point where we start to hate it. Yes. I mean, I will say this much. I'm the kind of person where I like if I can get like five good seasons out of these shows. Same thing with Ash vs. Evil did. I think they were four. Right. You know, I'm kind of greedy. I kind of just want always like five seasons. Of course. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just, again, drop the ball on this one. But I do suggest people to just try to pick them up on demand or however you watch your stuff and to read the comic because it is a damn, damn good, well-written comic. It is. It's. I mean, it's It's not for the youngins. Oh, no. So so it's not a family book. Definitely not. Um, and something that you don't see nowadays. No. No, but but I I kind of feel like, um, I kind of feel like Ennis, everything about Ennis's writing style, and storytelling style, is just it's just his. Yeah, you know what is, there's he's definitely one of those guys where if you read a book, you can you could take a guess like yeah this has his feel right. Where you can't do that with a lot of writers. Yeah, artist is easy. It's the visual right. medium is kind of easier. Um, Writing is a different story. No, obviously. Yeah, you, no pun you, you you could smell and it's coming a mile away. It yeah. smells like a Trendocean ale. It's it's <laughs> it's lots of the you know it's 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 very straightforward. Yeah, uh, it's edgy, uh-huh. but it's not. You never get to feel like it's doing. It's being edgy for the sake of it. Yeah, it it doesn't pander. All it does is, is it makes you want to turn the page to see what's coming to the next panel, which right. is what a good comic should do. Right. I've I've said it through the years, but any 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 writer who can make me. Uh, fall in love with a character whose name is Arseface. Uh, Arseface. Um, <laughs> you know, you know that that takes a skill. That takes a skill. <laughs> All right, let's 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 move forward. What else um, we got? We're gonna skip the D and D thing because we're gonna do that in segment two. Okay. Um. So let's. Uh, I want to actually go to Mouse Guard. Okay. Because I'm pretty excited for Mouse Guard. So the Mouse Guard film is coming. I'm a fan of the Mouse Guard books. Are you a fan of the Mouse Kev Guard? Kev is too. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I own it. Right. I, I just didn't get a chance. And I know it's good. It's quality stuff. Yeah. We've uh, we've been big fans of it. Kevin and I have been big fans of it since it came out. Uh, Mr. Dave Peterson is a friend of the show. He's been on the show a bunch of times. We always see him at conventions. get to say hello. Okay. Um, and he has been sort of carefully nursing um making a film and i say carefully nursing because he's been very protective and careful with like it. like he wants to do it right the first he time. wants to do it right the first time you got there's i don't see a problem with that um and so we've gotten a bunch of casting over the past couple of days um and so much to the fact that david dave peters and himself has been posting about it on instagram and twitter and he seems really genuinely excited about the casting oh so then that's which is good that's perfect so uh we have jake whitehall who's going to be portraying kenzie which is a staff-wielding grafer who knows how to remain calm and collected at all times. Um, he's usually seen together with um, uh, Saxon, who is being played by... Um, I saw the name for Saxon, and now I can't find it. Oh, um, Samson K.O. is playing Saxon. British comedian Samson K.O. Um, I think the two of them are going to work really well together. Idris Elba has also been cast oh. as... Uh, Sela, I, I never pronounce this right. Selanaway, Selinaway. Sure. Let's go with that. Uh, and he's kind of like the Obi Wan mentor, sort of, you know, hooded character. Now this is—is is this CGI cartoon? I'm assuming it's going to be like hyper realistic CGI. So kind of like a Lion King. Kind of like, like Lion King, like the live action. Kind of like, like, like Detective Pikachu. Okay. Like like that level. Of, it's not going to be like Pixar CGI. It'll yeah, it be... seems like so you don't you don't want it like too clean and polished. You want right. it to be kind of rough around the edges. Yep. Um, in addition, Andy Circus is going to be playing uh, Midnight, who's kind of like the blacksmith 
who eventually sort of turns against the group, which is very Andy Serkis. Okay. Um, and then you have appropriate. Tabas Brody Sangster, Sangster uh, take on the role of Liam, who's one of the Order's newest and youngest members. And, and it really becomes a focal point. Um, in a lot of the stories. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for Mouse Guard. Hopefully this picks up like a lot of people to pick up the book. Yeah. At the same time. Because I've even recommended this just to people at uh, the comic store, uh, Gotham Comics. And uh, I even said, like, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Haven't read it. And it's and probably you're going to like it. If you, if you do read the book and you fall in love with the book, mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend you also pick up the RPG books. Dave Peterson actually created a, an RPG, a role-playing game. Okay. Like D&D. All right. With source books. There's like one or two, I think. The reason I recommend you pick them out, pick them up, even if you never want to play the game, mm-hmm. but there's so much like gray matter in those books. So much okay. like lore and fleshing out of different things ah, no kidding. from the story in order to make the world more fully immersive to play. Um that it it almost acts like a Cimmerillion type thing because it it really just gives you a lot of history. So it just kind of expands. I don't want to say the universe, but it kind of dives deeper into the universe Correct. with a totally different asp- different medium altogether. Correct. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you so, don't hear that too often. So even if you don't play the game ever, but you just read through the different. But you're probably going to want to play the game once you read it. You're probably going to want to play. But if you just read through like the different clans and groups and animal types and the histories and all that stuff that you get from the RPG book, it works as a great source book. That makes sense. So um, I'm going to I'm going to highly recommend um, picking that up. A little pre-product product there. And then uh, should we go over the should we go over the reason why we we played Adam's family? We're going to do that. And then we're going to take our break, actually. And we'll come back with some product. So. Adam's family. Yes, this has been a project in the works for a couple of years now. Quite a while. Uh, an animated film, a new animated movie. Mm-hmm. This is this is more like traditional CGI. Yes, for an animated film, it's you know it's like Hotel Transylvania, mm-hmm. like that kind of. Uh, um, it looks adorable. I, I think it's so cute. It looks, but it but it looks like fun, adorable. Yes, absolutely. I'm I'm very excited for it. this trailer. Dropped either today or yesterday. I think. I noticed it on Twitter earlier, very early, early today, today or very late last night, something yeah. like that. So, um, but it's it's been in the works for quite some time. Do you have the names, some of the names of who's involved in it by any chance in front uh, of you? I will pull up the IMDb as if you keep on talking. Yeah. So, um, but you know, all the lovable characters that 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 you want to see in there are in there, of course. Fester and cousin it and Gomez and. Uh, Wednesday and Pugsley and being released October 11th, by the way, makes sense. And I, I, I thought the trailer was so perfect for kids. This Absolutely. is the perfect jumping on point uh, for Adam's family. But I also it also felt like to me like like adults would enjoy it, too. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be like, you that. know what I mean? Like it yeah. looks like it walks a pretty decent line. Yeah. All right. Some of the uh, some of the names here. So Morticia will be Charlize Theron. Right. Wednesday, Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh huh. The Go- girl from. Yeah. There you go. Gomez will be Oscar Isaac. Oh, okay. All oh, right. I knew that. Yeah. Pugsley will be Finn Wolfhard. Okay. Uh, Margix Needler, Alice and Janie. Oh wow. Uh, let's Allison see Janice. what other. Yeah. Uncle Fester will be Nick Kroll. Okay. And right, uh, I knew that. Grand Grandmama will be uh, Bette Midler. Which makes sense. So yeah, I think it looks really funny. I think this is great. I- I'm gonna say go check out the trailer. Make an opinion for yourself. You could call us, of course, if you'd like. Um. And leave a message on the GVM line. The uh, 201-730-2547. Yes. It's tough going from the uh, IMDB to the prep sheet to, to look at the phone numbers. Um, I do want to quickly say in regards to the GVM line, we had two voicemails come in this week. Okay. Um, and uh, we're going to skip them this week because I my plan was to kind of put them into our show next week. Okay. Because there are more sort of clarification voicemails. Okay. So they don't require a bunch of um, response from us, but they were really good. So I think I'll All use right. it to flesh out our show next yeah, week. Yeah, because I think uh, next week's show is going to be for a for for no one being in studio. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be kind of all over the place all in, over the in place. a good way. In a good in way. A good in, way. A, in a good way. But there'll be still lots of content. So yeah. So we're gonna. So your voicemails did not go ignored. Mm-hmm. They're just being saved for a different uh, different medium. Yes, and uh, if you get a chance, go see uh, the Adams Family trailer, and. Uh, Show the kids the, the old 90s movies and even the old black and white stuff. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely, man. This is a, this is a good jumping on point just to kind of show them the, 
the franchise. I mean, Christopher Lloyd and uh, those are those are fun movies. Oh, uh, Raul Julia, yeah, all the goodness in those movies. All right, with that. Yes. Mr. Monty, we are going to take our first and only break on this week's episode of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Episode, what? what 535. 535. Is, is the person that tossed to break never can remember? The... Never can remember. Oh, that's how it works. Uh, the one we're calling Nuggets. <laughs> For reasons, listen to the top of the show. We will be right back after a new game stuff and a word from our sponsor. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Ahoy hoy, welcome to Game Stuff. I'm your host, Coke Logic. <laughs> Nintendo Labo was a really cool idea that no one really went for. Follow instructions to fold cardboard accordingly to construct an interactive machine, all powered by your Nintendo Switch. Things like a small piano or handlebars for a motorcycle game. As interesting as it sounds, people didn't really care. So for the next batch of Labo products, which is Labo VR, Nintendo is including small experiences for Super Mario Odyssey and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. By making an offer people can't refuse, using their properties to sell units, Labo VR just went from selling moderately to it's going to sell pretty well. Even if Mario Odyssey is just a small sample of Mario in a puzzle room, or a viewfinder for Link. People love that Nintendo juice. <laughs> After a really boring Borderlands 3 reveal event, and having to wait a week for actual details, the actual details have arrived. Turns out Borderlands 3 isn't going to be a Destiny-like always online experience. Instead, it's going to be Borderlands 3. Just like the other games, a story-driven first-person shooter with a lot of guns. It's not striving to fix what ain't broken. Pretty much good news for people who already like the series. And the game is coming out this year with a release date of September 13th. <laughs> and finally, the Phoenix Wright Trilogy is on Nintendo Switch. All three Phoenix Wright games in one $30 package. Eh, maybe wait for a sale. This is Coke Logic signing off for Game Stuff. What the fuck was that? Your sister has turned into a zombie. Hey, gang, this is Bruce Campbell, and you are listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Ha ha! Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Go fuck yourself. What the fuck was that? It's the Evil Dead! And we are back. Yes, we are. Again. <laughs> the second time. Second time. Um... Thank you uh, for everybody checking out the break there. A word from our lovely sponsors over at Build an X-Wing. Buildanxwing.com. If you want to get in on this amazing, scaled, build-it-yourself replica of an X-Wing. One of the only X-Wings yes. made to properly fit a three and three quarters action figure. You can do so by going over to uh, Build an X-Wing. Buildanxwing.com. Are you sure? I want to know... Who plays things clicks? I don't. I don't. Oh, hero clicks. Um, I don't know who plays the hero clicks, Dave. Um, but uh, there's a phone number if you'd like to check out the folks there. Do you have that? See, I love when you when you're cueing me on things that I need to be prepared for. Well, yeah, like a good producer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I don't have them ready. Because... That's that's totally fine. Okay, <laughs> um, but the phone number for that would be um, not in the prep sheet. It looks like uh, it might have been taken out. Oh, no, I, I'm a damn liar. 877-544-6779. And you can go to model-space.com, because that's definitely one way you can get to it, uh, in order to uh, build your own X-Wing. That's right. We're calling this episode, episode 535, Hot Mess. So, no, we did that, like, what, two That was two weeks ago? ago? We, that'd be the subtitle of every episode. It would the be case. the subtitle of just about every episode. So, yeah. um, all right. We have some other things that we want to talk about tonight. A little bit of product. Um, 
Mr. Mr. Monty, sir. Yes, sir. Why don't you cue up that little bit of thing? What thing? That that thing that we have. For the thing, don't you have a thing? It's that time of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's D&D. Fighting with the legends of yore. It's D&D. You're learning well, sir. That thing? That thing. Yay. You're learning very well. That yes. Thing. It means this is going to be a D&D segment. Uh, so we have a couple things to talk about uh, regarding Dungeons and Dragons. We have yes. one product and two stories. What do you want to do first? Let's do the product. product I've been wanting to talk about the product since you showed it to me. All right. So this is the official. Uh, I'm going to show this to the people in the. Uh, Are we recording? In the Instagram room, we're recording. It's moving. Okay. I'm watching it. Okay. I'm watching it happen. All right. Um. So this is uh the official Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast. Dungeons and Dragons red box starter set, but specific to Stranger Things. And I'll say this: I, I mentioned before that the cover. I thought this was like just a Photoshop thing. Yeah. That fan, some fan made up in order to kind of just bring up some hype or some false hope. Right. But it looks so freaking cool. So um, it comes in, you know, as close as they can get to a replica of the classic D and D red box mm -hmm. that first came out. When we were children, back in the older well, when you were a days, child, when I was a child, um, I was being considered. the uh, <laughs> The artwork features Mikey in the upside down, as well as a demogorgon that he is uh, that he is about to take on. It comes with a set of um, sort of pearlescent blue dice. There's nothing ultra unique about them. Like I thought, maybe they would have like put like a demogorgon on there or something yeah i picked up uh, a D, D starter learners kit about maybe a year or so ago yeah. and uh it came with die i think this is i think this may be the exact kind of die or just maybe like a a shade different yeah it, it might be the same die that come with just the regular but you're not buying the set for the dice no you're, well you're buying this is a good back this backup tiny of it yeah. yeah um it comes with two two soft plastic uh, miniatures, a a painted Demogorgon and an unpainted Demogorgon. Um, the problem with these minis, because we're going to do a, a proper critique on these. The problem with these minis, which I don't understand, is that Wizards of the Coast um, puts out minis. And and good minis. Yes. Like, like nice, hard, plastic minis. Um, so why they would not use the same material... That they use for their regular minis for those demogorgons is beyond me. It's total night and day. Because you you can't. I don't even know that you can repaint those because they're rubber. It's. It, I was going to ask you. Are these silicone. They, they feel like silicone. Nothing's going to adhere to those. So I'm I'm not quite sure. You would have to prime it to hell if that would even take. Um, I'd imagine. So it looks like so the ones that come out for um, the ones that come out for which the coast officially are from. Uh, WizKids. Yes. These do not say WizKids on the bottom. They say Netflix. So I'm guessing Netflix went cheap. So you think it's a Netflix issue, not Wizards of the Coast? I do, because if Wizards of the Coast was making these, I don't see why they wouldn't make them the same exact way mm -hmm. they make all of their other minis. Unless they thought people weren't actually going to crack this open. Maybe. I'm just assuming, but that's a... But even still, that's still a I'm, bad mistake. That's still that, bad on that's their part. That's a bad mistake. Oh, it's a uh, it's weak on their part. Um, but of course, the piece de resistance of the box set. The thing that you're really oh wow, there's like a lot of piece de resistance in yeah. this box set. Okay, there's a lot more to this than I thought there was. All right, so the first thing you get is you get a D and D starter set rule book, which it looks like is it five e for it is it is five e. Okay. And it looks like it's the basic sort of starter set. Oh, so like for someone who's just getting into D&D. &D. Yep. Okay. It, it goes through checks and it goes through attacks and spells, healing, um, except that all of the artwork in the book is actually um, like screenshots and images from the show. Okay. That's pretty cool. It also comes with, um, it also comes with an original Mike Wheeler 
homebrew campaign guide. Hmm. The hunt for this for the Thessal Hydra. Uh, complete with Art of Will the Wise, the DM. So this is the game that they were playing in that the very first scene of season one. Correct. Okay. And, and and it sort of reads like it, it reads like an old classic uh campaign book. That's pretty it's cool. It's kinda cool. Yeah. Um I like how it looks like from at least from this angle. It looks like it's like notepad. Yeah, Everything it looks like down. it's handwritten on notepad paper. Um and you know it's got, it's got special encounters. It's got, uh, it's got a map, the troglodyte caverns. Mm -hmm. um, you know it's got information on the upside down. Um, oh, pretty cool. Yeah, the proud princess. It's got the demogorgon using demogorgon blood. The lair of the Thessal Hydra. A Thessal Hydra. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat. And then it has some like notepads in the back, like just blank pages, like it was a notebook. Okay. And on top of that, probably one of my favorite things to come I, out of this. I, I would agree. This is the cooler part here. Um, it comes with, let's see, it's four, right? Five. Five character sheets. Um, yeah, the quest for the barb. Exactly, Will. <laughs> um, it comes with five character sheets. The characters that were played, um, the characters that they played. So it's a level three, uh, level three bard, Hildorf bard. You have a uh, level three wood elf cleric. You have a level three uh, human paladin. A level three uh, half orc ranger. And a level three half elf wizard. And of course, it's a it's a fully filled out character sheets. Um, Which is nice for, star for starters, because sometimes that's the most difficult part. Yeah. Well, I think the regular starter set comes with some of that stuff as well. Um, comes with like pre-generated character sheets. I think it does. Um, but I I I'll say this. If you are a fan of Stranger Things, I think this makes um, just a cool collectible to have. Agreed. Even if you never plan on playing D&D. It's almost like a prop replica. It, it would look nice on a bookshelf right. for, for absolute sure. Um, if your intention is to play D&D, I suspect you have a pretty good single campaign, like one shot or multi, you know, or multi yeah, that makes shot sense. session. Um, and of course, in addition to that, um, you get Demogorgon minifigures. I mean, they're kind of shite, but you can still use them. But if they're just sitting on a bookshelf and you're not actually playing the game, um, it's okay for what it is. Look. I'm just saying that that some of the players in Roll for It, mm -hmm. Twitch.tv backslash Geekshub OG on Monday nights, um, they may or may not have to battle a Demogorgon or two at some point in their campaign. Well, now it seems inevitable. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there. Prepare yourselves, boys. Don't be surprised. And for anyone that needs a bit of a Stranger Thing um, fix... Uh, there was a four-issue series. I want to say it came out from IDW, but I honestly can't remember which publisher. Um, it was showing Will when he was in the Upside Down from season one. Um, pretty much, it kind of just gave everything from his point of view. Right. And uh, a lot of it, he was kind of talking to himself like he was uh, in a D&D &D game. Okay. Uh, it, was a, it was okay. I, I'm interested. I didn't read it, but I'm interested in checking it out simply because I'm interested in knowing more about the Upside Down. It's don't 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 expect. don't don't hang my yeah, hat on it that. Yeah, it was just something that's it's more intriguing at best. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those things where you know I'll just give you the damn issues because I got them somewhere at the house. Yeah, all right, and, fair enough. Yeah, it's 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 if you can get them for like a buck each. Yeah. If you can get them from like a bargain bin eventually, yeah, cool, check it out. Otherwise, don't go nuts on like a trade or right, right. buying them used. It's it's not worth not it. worth it. Okay. Yeah, not at all. But uh, if you're interested, I recommend checking out the uh, Dungeons & Dragons starter set, the Stranger Things starter set. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, let us know what you think. If you pick one up yourself, let us know what you think. I'm curious to know what your opinion on that is. Indeed. Let's um, let's move into some things well, we got that the, uh, the op-ed. Oh, we you want to do that? That's right. Never mind. But I want to I save the op-ed for last. Okay. Because I think the op-ed uh, is a positive note. So let's oh, okay. get through the bad first. What's the bad? It's the SNL skit. Oh, okay. I thought it was tied to something else. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. So there was an SNL skit last Saturday on uh, on SNL. Surprising. Uh, I think it was Kit Harrington 
was the guest that week. Okay. Kit Harrington plays Jon Snow on the Game of Thrones coming back this Sunday. And uh it was there was like this sort of like D inspired skit, but it was very it was in poor taste and it was really stereotypical. Okay. It's three like pocket protector nerds get into an argument with them each other mm-hmm. and they're like standing up, you know, practically like pushing their glasses Over D&D back D&D up game? their knees. No, they're in an office and one of them gets like employee of the week or whatever. Okay. And they're like talking to each other as their D&D characters. I kiss fireball on you and like, you know, but it's very like it just felt very demeaning All and right. belittling. That sounds like a skate you would have seen maybe 15, 20 years ago. Right, exactly. And 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 you know what? More than anything, it felt really just... Like forced? It felt out of touch. Okay. It felt out of touch. It seems forced the way you're, like the way you're talking about it. it. It does. But, and you know, we live in a world where um, Dungeons & Dragons is very popular. I mean, insanely popular over the yeah. last year C- critical role just uh, you know Crushing still like 10 it. days left on their kickstarter and they're at like 9.2 million i think that they have raised it's ridiculous um you know and 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 there are other lots of other things like that you have actors like joe manganello who has his own who has his own clothing company specifically based around Dungeons i would and honestly Dragons. love to know how many like more twitch i mean besides you like how many more twitch there's a ton of games are like how many more are there now like over the last year there's a bunch and i've checked out a bunch of them there's some really good ones out there yeah there's some good there's some ones on youtube i've seen that are i, I mean i like it more just for this the, the building and the structure yeah of the sets but some of these storylines are fantastic uh the adventure zone is another one that's more of like a comedy D show but it's hilarious. Oh, I've never heard of that. Uh, yeah, you'd probably like that one. It's very funny. What was it called? The Adventure Zone. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of... So it seems like in 2019, we live in a world where this is just sort of... out. Of, it's an out-of-touch stereotype. Um, the positive that came out of it was huh? that someone saw the skit. I forget who it was. But they started a hashtag on Twitter, D&D Selfie. And it was supposed to be sort of like, why don't we show SNL what D&D players actually look like? You know? Mm -hmm. And it was a bunch of just very normal looking people of all age ranges at their D&D table with their friends Mm -hmm. having a good time. You know, there's a bunch of uh, D&D groups, different kinds of, you know, miniature painting or just for the game itself on Facebook. And again, what you just saw, there's so many different kinds of people and there's so many people getting their kids into it um, from as young as like, you know, your kid's age to 12, you know, high school clubs. I mean, if you just check D&D in in the Googles every now and then, you you hear about like more after school programs picking it up, libraries as well for that matter. Yeah, there's I mean, there's a there's a there's a there's a charity called. uh... 826LA is the LA branch of it, but there's they have branches all over the country. Okay. And one of the things they do is they have like sponsored D&D games for their kids. And That's it's great. for like it's for like underprivileged children because it offers them an outlet and helps with reading and creativity and And like for someone who just got into it a year ish ago, yeah. um fell in love with it. Yeah. It was so I mean I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I wouldn't know if I, you know, I'd still be a little bit lost. Right. But it just it's great and you don't need a computer screen. And um but this leads really nicely into the op-ed piece. Yeah, so I don't know if this is kind of piggybacked off of the SNL thing because yeah. I just found – that's the first I'm hearing about what you just said. Uh, but there was an op-ed piece uh, from the New York Times, which I highly recommend if you get a chance uh, to check it out and put any politics on the side. Like It's worth checking it out uh, from the Times uh, titled Why the Cool Kids Are Playing Dungeons and & Dragons. And basically the uh, story uh, kind of just highlights the fact that D&D just gives you something in an era where everything's about, you know, likes, thumbs up, thumbs down, retweets and all that. Uh, it gives you an outlet when you can just have actual like real connections with people, whether they're friends around the corner, around the world, um, in order to give you a creative outlet uh, to to just be creative. Yeah. Um, I like one of my New Year's resolutions was this year was to delete the Facebook app off my phone and just delete my Instagram account in general. Yeah. That's because now like on, I don't know about uh, Android, but on iPhones, uh, I just see my, my screen time just dropping 
more and more every week. Yeah. And I'm not seeing so much, you know, negativity on social media because the internet can be kind of negative. Yeah. Okay? I don't know if you're aware of this. I've heard. Okay. I've heard. Okay. I've heard rumors. Okay. You've heard, you've heard the rumor yeah. mill. Um, but the art, the op, back to the op-ed, essentially it's just saying how it's giving these, you know, what we were just saying, it was just giving these kids outlets um, and it's giving adults a way to connect uh, in a way where this was looked down upon for so long. Sure. But it's giving them, again, the creative outlet uh, which is so very, which is needed in a in a world where it's so easy to just be on our phone and just to kind of tune out everything that's going right. on around us. And again, this is with Critical Role, um, just becoming I don't want to say a phenomenon, but just is just growing like crazy. Um, Hasbro has just been selling more and more D and D merchandise, um, and and people are just becoming more aware of. I'm more intrigued, I should say, too, about wanting to just give it a shot. I mean, from a from a personal standpoint, one of my one of my absolute very best friends in the entire world uh, lives in L.A. Okay, I get to talk to him online, but I don't get to see him very often. Yes, but now once a week, I get to play D and D with him. We play online, mm -hmm. right? It's on our church channel, but we play online, and it's it's great fun, and it it you know it has allowed me to reconnect with him mm -hmm. on a normal sort of friendship level. Another very good friend of mine lives in Brooklyn. I don't get to see him really all that often, but we play online. Because just become adults. It just that, that's li it. life gets in the way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it's it's nice to know um it's nice to know that you could sit down um and play this game and have you know I don't want to say an unplugged experience because my experience is still plugged in. But but, but it's, you're but, it's but it different. Is a, but it is, but it's, it's a, it's not unplugged technically speaking, mm -hmm. but at least it is sort of shut in a little bit. It's insulated. Maybe that's, that's, maybe that's the way to no, look that, at it. No, that makes sense. And it's giving you guys a way to connect more than just being like, oh, you told a funny joke or you posted a picture of something right. like, and you move on. Right. You're, you're giving more time to just have a conversation to talk about life in between. Uh, the dice roll, or you know, just make fun of each other in a, in a fun, loving sort of way. Absolutely, and it's an outlet where I think that we just we desperately need at a time where, you know, it's all about social media. Yeah, like that, this this actually gives you a real way to connect with other people versus Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Right. It's it's a real it's a real actual connection, which is yes. nice. And I cannot recommend reading the um, the op ed enough. I will uh, I will try to find the link to it and post it in the. Uh, in the discords. Oh, I can do that too. Yeah. The... Post it in the episode chat section of the discords. If you'd like to be in on the discords, go over to patreon.com backslash BK stuff. Pledge for just a measly dollar. What? And you can get in on the discords for three measly dollars. You get to shoot the show two days earlier, uh, for five measly dollars. You get uh, bonus content, uh, vintage episodes and other things, which by the way, I got to talk to you about getting access to, uh, the Patreon to all that stuff. Yes. yes. Well, I, you're a mod on Discord now, so I made you a moderator. Oh, I don't know what that means, but that's fantastic. Uh, and I'll give you the Patreon uh, login info tonight. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, so there you go. There's so D and D. Now you have it's D and D. Warriors that terrify. It's D and D. I was gonna let you get away with that. I, I feel you summoning the spirit of Big Kev. <laughs> Just poke at me with this bit. I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> All right. I hope that's making him smile. <laughs> All right. We, we listen. Um, it's up to you if you want to hit that book. You want to save or it or not? Why do, do you want to save it? We can we're, save it we're we already can... we're already well over an hour at this point. I say we save it. I say we save it as well. Done. Um. So with that, I think the rappy uppy music will probably kick off as though it is intelligent and sentient. See, there it is. Wow, that's impressive. So uh, don't forget, you can find us online each and every week over at bkgeekstuff.com, bkgeekstuff.com, or you can find us at Facebook, facebook.com backslash bkgeekstuff, um, patreon.com backslash bkgeekstuff. Um, on the social medias, I am the Geek Stuff OG on the Twitter and the Instagram and the Twitches. So find me over there. Um, if you're listening to the show and you haven't checked out my Twitch page, please give me a follow. I'm you like should. six followers away you from should. like 200. And I just want to hit 200 just so I can say that I did it. So this is me begging you as much as I'm willing to beg. Are you going to be saying this at 250? 
Too fitty? I might. Um, Big Kev, of course, is in celebration, but he is BK Geek Stuff on the uh, Twitters and the Instagram. I've I've asked him. Yes. I've encouraged him Mm -hmm. to post while he's at the celebrations. I hope he does. Photos of things. And I'm hoping that he does that, and I'll try to retweet and share his stuff so that you guys can see it as well. Cool. So, uh, but try to follow him as well. Um, and Mr. Uh, Monty, sir? Uh, I am on Twitter as Monty's Mayhem. Uh, I'm not on Instagram, like I just said uh, two, two minutes ago. And uh, I'm on PlayStation Network, which I don't know how that works exactly, as Monty's underscore Mayhem. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Oh, on the Twitch now, by the way, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII. That's what I've gone back to revisit now. When did that come out? It came out on the Switch. Um, or it just was re-released on the Switch. And I got it for free because I had a bunch of Nintendo credits. So. So, like, I'm waiting for like a Zelda-themed Switch to come out. Yeah. Before, uh, I hear you. Because I have the Wii U and I actually did that for Wind Waker. There you go. Which I'm kind of glad I did. There you go. So, uh, yes. Thank you all for tuning in. And um, By the way, GVM. Oh, the GVM line. Yes. What Two, is that number? That would be 201-730-2547. And if you actually leave a voicemail, I think there's a damn good chance uh, it'll come in for next week's show. I, I think so. Damn good chance. Uh, especially if anyone see, sh- uh, saw Shazam or thinks something um, absolutely insane for not really digging us. Yeah. Or if you're at Celebration and you're hearing this at some point and you want to call in about Celebration. Yeah, or cool. any other convention. Or any other convention. Or you want to talk about beer. That's fine. Too. A beer is fine too. Um, do you want me to throw it to you, Monty? Or do you have confidence in, in closing out the show? Or do you want me to just go with it? Oh, you go with it. I do you want me to go with yes. it? All right. Um, and with that, yes, Monty, we will end this episode the way we end some episodes by saying, enjoy celebration, Big Kev. And take some fucking photos. And on that note, we cue the music.